This is Vernon Jacobs, Senior Pastor of the Embassy Church. I want to thank you for engaging with us through this podcast. May it build your faith and strengthen your walk and cause you to reach the rooftop in Christian living. Don't forget to aim high and never give up. Let's go now straight into this word. As I teach this morning, I want you to keep your eye, your spiritual eye on the cup. And we understand that This is the blood of Jesus. How can you say it's the blood of Jesus when it's normal grape juice? When we drink by faith and we understand all the teaching that we are going through, the Holy Spirit will overshadow this. As it did with Mary's womb, the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and she was able to conceive something that was spiritual. Uh, When you hold this blood, when you hold this cup in your hand, I pray that the Holy Spirit will overshadow you so that it will turn from what we normally know as grape juice and it will become the blood of Jesus inside of you. Thank you for the amen. Leviticus chapter 17 verses 11 and 12. Uh, There's two parts to this. Uh, One part is for today and the other part is for Good Friday. Uh, If if you're here today, then you're going to not miss Good Friday, the second part of my message is going to tie up. The Good Friday message should tie up with what I'm teaching today. So somewhere in mid-air, I'm going to leave you. Uh, and then we'll, we'll drop you on, on Good Friday. We'll drop it like it's a hot, hot cross buns. The Bible says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. Say that with me, the life. Of the flesh is in the blood. The life of the flesh, life in itself, all life, what you know as your life, it's flowing only in your blood. The life of all flesh is in the blood. Uh, For Good Friday, it says, And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for your souls. Therefore I said to the children of Israel. Now this is also for today, this part here. No one among you shall eat blood. Nor shall any stranger who dwells amongst you. Do not eat blood. All through the Old Testament, the the command is clear. Do not eat or drink blood. Do not eat or drink blood. Now, I want to tell you why he says this. Again, all life is in the blood. There's medical people that are here present today, and we know that when people are dying... One of the things to save them is to do a blood transfusion. And so they bring blood and they try to cover up whatever. If the life of a person is ebbing away, they'll do a blood transfusion. But uh, Hebrews says, there is no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. There's a difference between transfusion, donation, and shedding. When you talk about shedding of blood, uh, when people, when there's blood shed, that means people are killed. 
Jesus did not transfuse his blood. Neither did he donate his blood. Jesus shed his blood. You must remember that. There was shedding of blood. So, all life is in the blood. Let me also say this to you. That all healing is in the blood. All healing is in the blood. You have what we call uh, leukocytes, which is the immunity system inside of your blood, which is the white blood cells. For all the medical people that are here, I'm trying to impress you. Uh, inside of those white blood cells, the very immunity, if anything enters your body that is, that is uh, going to attack your body, there's an avenging system. And vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. There's, your body is well equipped to take care of any, any viruses, any diseases. There's, there's an immunity system that God sent you with it. I want to also say this to you, uh, that when, when you trust in God, trust God also, when they, they talk about all kinds of, even COVID-19, there must be a part on the inside of you that says, I trust in God to be able to keep me. I understand about all your masks and, and all those things, but I tell you what, that mask is not keeping you alive. I understand about uh, all these, uh, these uh, uh, what do they call, ivermectin and all of that. Inside of this COVID, there's one thing that's preserving us. It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. It's the grace of God. Let me say, all protection is in the blood. There's an immune system. All nutrition is in the blood. Your nutrients is carried to... It's, listen, if you're eating calabash and brinjols, and, and I understand if you're a vegetarian, or some of you are meatarians, whatever you eat, the meat doesn't reach your body. The meat goes into your gastrointestinal tract. And from there, your blood absorbs all of the nutrients and pumps nutrients to the rest of your body and you are energized so nutrients are in your blood that means all sustenance is in your blood i rise to tell you this morning that every part of your body whether it's your lungs whether it is your kidneys whether it it is your heart it all exists to serve blood when you die of a heart not you but when those died of heart attacks they didn't die because their heart stopped. They died because the blood was not being pumped to, to your brains. It was not being, it, it was because life is not in the heart. Life is in the blood. It's just that the system, the, 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 the heart keeps the blood flowing. Your kidneys uh, uh, is there to serve your blood. It purifies the blood, removes all kinds of, of, of things that shouldn't be there, impurities, and then it sends the, the, the pure blood back into the heart and the heart receives it through the superior vena cava and sends it out through the inferior vena cava. 
Are we together? You can actually live without your heart. They can put a machine to just pump the blood. As long as the blood is flowing, you'll stay alive. But then you'll have to take the machine and walk all over with you. So what God does is he puts a, a, a pump. There are three filters in your, in your body. Your water filter, which is your kidneys. Your air filter, which is your lungs. And your fuel filter, which is your heart. All serving, all serving the blood. The blood. Because life is in the blood. Somebody say life is in the blood. I'm getting ready to tell you that a man can bleed to death. Because life is in the blood. It's a good time to also tell you that man can bleed to life. I'm getting ready to tell you that man can also bleed to life. Oh, you didn't catch that. But let's go on and build this. <clears throat> blood doesn't only have life, but blood also has a voice. <coughs> and blood has a voice. So important for us to understand it whilst you're alive. It's going to help you to understand death. But during COVID, a lot of people... And I want to minister to you as well. To die as a Christian is a victorious death. If you can understand this today, that the voice of blood doesn't only speak while you're alive, but the voice speaks after death. This will be some consolation to you. As a Christian, you must understand the voice of blood. Are we together this morning? Now, in Genesis chapter 1, or Genesis from 1 to 3, you will find everybody speaking. God is speaking. Adam is speaking. Eve is speaking. And Satan is speaking too. The serpent speaks to Eve in a private conversation and says, Did God say? Eve says to him, God said, If we eat of this tree, then we shall die. The conversation said, the devil said, you shall surely not die. God comes to Adam and says, Adam, where art thou? Adam speaks. Everybody, everybody's speaking in Genesis chapter 1 to, 1 to 3. But in Genesis chapter 4, we see and an hear another voice. When Cain kills Abel, God comes and he says to Abel, Abel, okay, Cain, Cain, Where's your brother? And Cain says, am I my brother's keeper? And God says to Cain, I hear your brother's blood crying out from the ground. And so we hear a new voice, a voice of blood. So this morning I tell you that there is, is voices and blood speaks. I want to deviate this morning and also teach you, if you're a murderer, be careful. 
there is a level of torment associated with bloodshed. There is a level of torment associated with murder. If, if, if you commit a murder, I, I think it was once on carte blanche, they were introducing a person that murdered. And he says, he can't sleep in the night because he hears the voices. I omitted to tell you in, in, in when they built the walls of Jericho, they took, they killed young children and they put those children into the walls and that's how they created a spirit. That's a story for another day. But I'm trying to show you that whenever human blood is shed, it cries out for vengeance. This area, Cato Manor, is soaked with blood. If you understand the history of Cato Manor, and that's why it looks so demonic, even up till now. It's not just what's happening politically, it's a spirit. When you drive in, I was telling Nisha this morning, as soon as you take the turn coming into this place, if you look at that building, that white house is built, it looks like it's an haunted place. This is not political. This is not physical. This is spiritual. There's blood that was shed in this place. And blood is crying out. So there is a level of torment associated with bloodshed. Now in my family, I am the one that gets rid of all the lizards. They can't stand lizards. So unfortunately, I have to destroy these lizards. I'm not sure if you ever attempted to take out a lizard, but you can kill the lizard by its tail. It does that for a long time. You, are, you, are we together? You can kill a man, but his blood is still doing that because life is in the blood. Are we together? Life is in the blood. Say that with me. Life is in the blood. So Abel bled out, but his blood cried out. You can write that down. I'm going to talk something spiritual this morning. So sit up. I'll give you just 20 seconds to just to sit up. Don't sleep. About now I'm going to download some spiritual intelligence into you. Are you ready? Can you handle spiritual stuff? <coughs> Genesis chapter 6 verses 1 to 22 uh, you'll read about this, but it says, when, when man began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of man were attractive. The sons of God are angels. Angels are also sent to the earth. These angels fell in love with the beauty of, of the woman. And started to have intercourse with them. 
God chastised them for that. But by then they had already created through this process of reproduction, they already created a new species called Nephilim. Nephilim. And they were, they were giants. And that's why at, at some stage God tried to wipe them out through the flood. And he was so upset. And if, you, if you're taking down notes, you can screenshot. Because I don't have time to go through those other two or three scriptures. But it's, it gives you the proof of what I'm talking about. The New Testament spoke, speaks about how God banished these angels. He was very upset with them. He said, that which you were supposed, not supposed to touch, you have touched. You were not supposed to have intercourse with that. That's not your species. But in doing that, listen to me, in doing that, they brought a spiritual intelligence into humankind. And they injected a kind of a spiritual intelligence. They, they, they made known the secrets and the mysteries of a spiritual realm. That is why you can get religions that can go and try to manipulate the spiritual realm using spiritual intelligence. You say, Pastor, what are you talking about? Sometimes when you do something, let's say, and you go to see some person, they'll say, take a rooster, a black one, and chop off its head and let the blood flow. And then you will have, you know what they're doing? They're manipulating the spiritual atmosphere. There's something that they, that they do know. So there is a spiritual force where uh, spiritual curses are made and spiritual beings give it power. I know you're saying, I don't believe in all of that. But there is spiritual wickedness in high places. There are small G-O-D-S gods. Our God is a, is a big God. He's the God of, God of the heavens. But because of the spiritual intelligence, people can manipulate it. If you go to a country called Haiti, they practice voodoo. And those things, if they want to kill you, they'll put your name on a doll and they'll pierce it so that you become sick. Are we together this morning? Let me, let me show you something. Now, I'm trying to show you that there are religions, there are satanic churches, there are witches, there are wizards, all manipulate spiritual laws to obtain spiritual results. And acute spiritual conditions require for different degrees of death. Where did they learn that? It's also in the Old Testament. You'll find that in Genesis chapter 10 verses 15 to 17, if you have a chance to read it, there's different levels of sacrifice, different levels of blood. The first one is turtle doves. The next one is a female goat. The next one is a male goat. The next one is a bull. The next one is bullocks. For different types of results, you get different degrees of sacrifice. And last but not least, the ultimate is Isaac. 
God said to Abraham, I bring Isaac and put him on an altar. Human sacrifice. Because life is in the blood. So occultic and demons sacrifice human blood. Keep your eye on the cup. Some of you are thinking, yeah, you're going to make the cup move. <laughs> I'm not going to do all those things. If you don't believe that the blood of humans is ultimate, you must study 2 Samuel chapter 21, verses 5 to 6. You'll find that Israel under King Saul, he killed people whom God had a covenant with. God said, I will, I will not have the Israelites destroy you. But King Saul was not sensitive enough. He destroyed those people. Now those people come to King David and say to King David, so David says, what shall I do that we can have peace amongst us? Because there's always fighting. Some of the things that you need to do is, is, is more than just a physical agreement to have peace. Sometimes you must do something that's spiritual to sort out your peace. So David says, what shall we do? Uh, how many lambs do you want? How many bulls do you want? They say, we'll have nothing of that, but give me seven of Saul's sons. David thinks about it. I want to tell you this morning, as we go towards Good Friday, that the price of a king's son is worth a nation. There's something about sacrificing a human being. And there's something about sacrificing the human son of a king. Because king's blood. Friday's coming. Keep your eyes on the cup. And, and you can go and read it. And the king David said, If you want seven of Saul's sons, I'll give them to you. There's something about human beings. That makes human beings valuable. When God wanted to create a human being, He did two things. He first created him in the spirit in Genesis chapter 1. And then in Genesis chapter 2, He forms a body and He takes the spirit that He created in Genesis chapter 1, He puts it in the body that He created in Genesis chapter 2. In this creation in Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says, And God formed him from the dust of the earth. Some of you think that his whole composition just came from the soil. But I want to tell you today that his whole composition, your whole composition didn't just come from the soil. 
but your whole composition came from the earth. When he wanted to make your hair, your hair didn't come from the soil. It came from the grass. That is why they say when you want to sort out your hair, I, I was reading it up, they say you must take the extract from lemongrass. Are we together? When God wanted to create your, your, your veins, it didn't come from the soil. It came from the roots of the trees. When God wanted to create your eyes, it didn't come from the soil. It came from the water of the earth. That's why when you want to clear up the things in your eyes, you don't put sand. You put hygiene. And they say you must wash your eyes. Are we together this morning? When God wanted to create your bones and your teeth, it didn't come from the soil. It came from the rocks. That's why you get calcium from limestone. Osteoporosis when you have osteoporosis go and study they give you things that come from the, the rocks your skeletal system your, your skeletal system and your teeth can last as long as the rocks in the earth once they bury you oh we, we. Inside of all of this, the one thing that God does for your body, and he left it, I think, to the end. The component of blood could be the component of just your, your, the water. Because a lot of, if, if, I shouldn't be saying this, my family will hold me accountable to it. But if you want good blood, you must drink a lot of water. <laughs> Sometimes when we preach all, not everything is applicable to us, all right? It's just for you. But if you want good blood, go read it. It says, drink a lot of water. And inside of that water, that was flowing in unformed man to bring man that God formed. He formed him in spirit, put him in a body, but to bring him into life. He blows his breath. His breath has the life. His breath has that oxygen. His breath has the life sustaining because life is in the blood. So all of that formation, but when it comes to the blood, God himself gave it its composition. That's why you can lose fluids in your body and still live. But if you lose blood, when they stab you, some of you grew up in Chatsworth, you know what I'm talking about. <clears throat> when they stab you, you don't die of the stab wound. The stabbing didn't kill you. 
The bleeding out kills you. Are we together this morning? Because life is in the blood. And all through the scripture, God is saying, do not eat the blood. Because if you eat the blood, it's like eating the life of that person. If you eat, if I... That's why when you have a cut, don't eat the blood. Some of your parents, you're quick to do that for your children. Am I right? But you eat in the, you eat in their life. It's equivalent to eating the life. So, so God is saying, do not eat the blood. Why? Why? Because life is in the blood. I can't hear you because life is in the blood. So, the quality of the blood that you have determines the quality of the life you live. Some of us are very, very sickly. The first thing the doctors do when they want to interrogate, what's your sickness? The old doctors, you could talk to them. You tell them your head is paining. They'll give you a panado. They'll, they'll just take it at, at face value. But in these days, the doctors have learned we don't treat without first diagnosing. Because many times when you have a headache, there's nothing wrong with your head. There's something wrong with the blood. And you've got to treat it in the blood. Because the headache could be just the physical manifestation of what's happening in the kidneys. The kidneys could not be uh, cleaning out properly. So the kidneys is sending some impure blood to, to all parts of the body. It's just manifesting as a headache. I was supposed to be a doctor. Are we together this morning? So I want to just tell you this morning that when there's healing and the doctors treat you, whether they're giving you calcium, whether they are giving you whatever, that, who tells the panado to go to your head? Who tells whatever medication that the doctor is giving you to go to that particular point? There must be something to healing that's supernatural. In your body, there must be the physical component, but there must also be a supernatural component. Keep your eyes on the cup. All cannot be physical healing. When you get sick, even the doctors, I heard somebody say this morning, uh, this week, they said, the doctor said to him, are you a praying person? They said, I am. He said, I can do nothing. Start praying. Even medical people. Uh, Dr. Tokoso, who was here, and I announced it to the church for you to keep her in prayer. Deadly sick. A doctor. You think doctors. 
let me just say this. I was going to say it on, on Resurrection Sunday morning. Sometimes when you are in healing ministry, like they asked Benny Hinn, when Benny Hinn got sick, he said, you healed everybody. But what about, why can't you heal yourself? Sometimes God gives you a gift which is used in the body of Christ. May not necessarily be for your body. Are we together? That's what they said of Jesus, Sylvester. You save the whole world. Save yourself. There are some spiritual intelligence we must interrogate when we start to make statements like, why can't you heal yourself? But I'm trying to show you that inside of physical healing, there is room for supernatural healing. Keep your eyes on the cup. You can do all things sometimes in the physical, but because the life came from God, only God sometimes can affect the blood. I was trying to tell you this morning that when you go to the doctors, the first thing the doctors do is to do blood tests. They say we have to run some blood tests. So they check the bloodline. Are we together this morning? I want you to stand. I'm done. Say with me, life is in the blood. I can't hear you. Where's life? And because life is in the blood, all through the Old Testament, Jesus is saying, do not eat blood. Do not drink blood. In John chapter 6, Jesus changes the song. He changes the tune. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. How? This is God, a schizophrenic God. One time he says, don't eat blood. Now he says, unless you drink it, you have no life in you. He says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I want you, this is this should be the crossroads of your Christianity and your belief. Listen to me. If you lost loved ones or took communion, this must give you hope. I want you to listen to me. As a Christian, this is pivotal to you. This is why on, the, on, 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 the, on that funeral morning, people who understand this can have a smile and yet have tears, but they can have a smile. Because all those that die in Jesus Christ, life is in the blood. I'll show you on, 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 on Good Friday how he pays the price. Because in the spirit dimension, I'm teaching you that blood is a currency. In the spiritual world, there's no exchange for money. In the spiritual world, there's exchange for blood. 
And that's why if you understand spiritual dimensions and if you're going through something, if there's a curse in your life, you can pay tithes, you can pay offering, it don't break the curse. Blood. 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 He says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father. So the one who feeds me, oh sorry, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live, will live, will live.